Welcome to Arlie's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoyed part four, Goodness, in our series, How to Live a Meaningful Life, by our pastor, Renee Molina. Okay, so uh, you guys ready? Let's go into the message. We've been covering a series called How to Live a Meaningful Life. Say with me, How to Live a Meaningful Life. We've been covering a series about how to live a meaningful life. And can we just do some recap real quick? The uh, Week one, we spoke about um, self-control. Week one was about self-control. And if you remember, we spoke about the importance of self-control. We spoke about how important it is, just like a, a, a river, when it's under control, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. But a river that's out of control when, you don't, uh, when, when there's a river that's, uh, that's out of control, it destroys everything around it. And that's how, um, that's how we are when we control ourselves or don't control ourselves. And if you remember, we also spoke about that we only have right to control ourselves, not anyone else. We manage others, but we don't control them. Does that make sense? And so we were talking about that it's, uh, week one. Week two, we spoke about gentleness. If you remember, for those of you, I know it's, it's hard to come every single Sunday, but for those of you that have, were there for week two, um, we spoke about gentleness. About gentleness is not being nice. It's more than that. It's learning to control yourself and not treating others harshly. Learning to control your frustration, your, your anger, and still being able to treat others with love. That was week two, if you missed it. Oh, no, now we have the podcast. Um, and then week three, oh, honestly, I kept thinking about week three this past week. We spoke about faithfulness. In other words, we spoke about reliability. In other words, we spoke about being trustworthy. And something that we touched on was that somebody that has God living in them, they're trustworthy. If you say, if you go to church and you rarely are reliable, I doubt God is living in you. Because people that have God living in them are reliable. They're trustworthy. And we spoke about drama, if you guys remember, last week. We spoke about how we want to be a place where drama doesn't grow, but it dies here. Does that make sense? There's churches where drama is like, like it's fuel. It just takes off. You know, and it's like, wow, like, we do not want that here. We want what, if drama touches this place, we want it to die. Or if drama comes up in this place, we want it to stop immediately. Because how many know no one has time for drama? Can I get an amen? And so we spoke about being uh, faithful. So today, I'm really excited because today is the next major sign of a meaningful life. Today is the next sign that God is living in us. And that sign is goodness. Say with me, goodness. Let's pray and we'll dive right in. God, thank you for today. Thank you for everything that you're doing today. God, we just thank you for, for, your, for uh, everything that you've done. Thank you for the life we have. Thank you for the good food we're going to eat later, God. Thank you for the good time we're going to have later, God. Thank you because your fingerprints are everywhere. And we ask that you may speak to us today. God, if there's anyone here that is getting distracted, just, God, help them focus at least for, like, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And uh, we just thank you for everything. God, if there's, for those of that are going through a rough time, God, I ask that you may send them the right people and let them be connected and planted into a place 
that are going to strengthen them and encourage them. And please help the Lakers in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have a Bible, can you go to Galatians chapter 5? Galatians chapter 5. Um, uh, some of this is going to be a little bit review the, these, these next like three minutes. But we were talking about uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse uh, 20, 22. And if you remember, when the, fruits, the fruit of the Spirit is not something you try to do. Let's read it and I'll, I'll mention it. Because you guys kind of look at me like, what are you saying? Uh, Galatians chapter uh, 5. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. That's, 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 that's us today. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Something I really want to make clear, these are not things you try to do. Does that make sense? It's not like, well, let me see love. Oh, man, I need to be more loving. Joy, I need to be more joyful. Oh, patient, I need to be more patient. No, 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 no. These are natural. These are a result of somebody that has God living in them. Does that make sense? That's why Paul, he finishes and he says, With, for these things there is no law. In other words, there is no religion. When Paul uses the word law, he uses the word, it's, it's like the word we use for religion or legalism. And so when he says there is no law for this, there is no religion for this, he's saying that these virtues, you can't force them in somebody. They naturally come out of somebody that is connected to God. You guys tracking with me? And so today, goodness. I want to focus on goodness today. And I, I want to tell you something that's something super duper important. That more than changing your behavior, God wants to change your mentality. God wants to change your mind before he changed your behavior. There's people that they're like, man, I, I need to do better. You know, I need to do good things. I need to do the right thing. And people try really hard to do better or to do the right thing or to do the good thing. But God doesn't want you to do better or do the right thing. He wants you to be good. Because then naturally, goodness will come out of you. You guys follow me? It's kind of like they say, work smarter, not harder. Right? It's like, ah, oh, I need to do good. I need to do the right thing. I need to do good. I need to do good. No, no, no. You're, when, you, when you say, I, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to look at that. What are you going to do? Exactly. You're going to look at it. So God doesn't want you to be obsessive about doing the right thing. He wants you to be obsessive about being the right person, about having the right mentality. Does that make sense? Because when you are good, good things naturally come out of you. So, let's define goodness. Tell the person next to you, it's time to be good. Let's define goodness. I want to share with you some key definitions of what goodness is. Somebody defined it. Let's put it on the screen. Goodness, someone defined it as a quality characterized especially by the interest in the welfare of others. That's like the original definition of goodness. It's the quality characterized especially 
in the interest of the uh, caring for the interests of uh, the welfare of others. Martin Luther, he's like this awesome uh, leader and writer of ancient times in the 1500s. He says, the, uh, goodness means willingly helping others in their need, being generous and lending to them. Do you guys, are, are you guys seeing like a common denominator? In other words, goodness is having the other person in mind. Goodness is close siblings with kindness. You guys tracking? You guys with me? It's actually a rare, a, a rare word in the Bible, especially in the New Testament. It's a really rare word. But I want to tell you in other words, you guys ready for this? Goodness is another way of saying selflessness. Goodness is the opposite of selfishness. Goodness, when God in his word says, you need to be more good, what does that mean? That means you need to be more selfless. Goodness is selflessness. Goodness is the opposite of being selfish. When somebody is really selfish, they're not being good. Yes, exactly. Yes, I was so happy. That was a key moment in the message. I'm glad you got it. Some actually say that God's number one quality is goodness because he is so loving and so selfless. In the first pages of the Bible, God calls so many things good, 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 and that was good, and this was good, and this is good. But did you know that when God created human beings, he said, very good. That shows the kind of God that we worship. We worship a God with a beautiful and good vision. But it's sin that has distorted the world we live in. So anything you have in your life that is good comes from exactly everything that you have that is good. That good job. Renee, what about the atheists? God has given them good things too. God doesn't play favorites. What is something good that you have in your life right now? Food. Wow, that's the first thing we, some of us think about, you know? What else? What's, the good, what's something good you have in your life? Family. Yes. Health. What else? Your dog. Our dog. <laughs> our dog, okay? She's ours. Not playing. What else is good in your life? Some of, some of you had a good vacation recently. That was, can I get an amen? God gave you that good vacation. Someone just got a good paycheck. That's, who, who gave you that? You know what I mean? <laughs> but everything good we have in life comes from God. Because he is the essence of goodness. The essence of being good is being selfless. What makes a parent good? Fairness. But what, what, are, we, what are we just talking about right now? They're selfless. What makes a mom the most amazing mom in the universe? How selfless she is. Can I get an amen? Can we give a hand to all the moms in our lives? Yes. What makes someone good? Their selflessness. What makes a mom good? Their selflessness. What makes a father good? Their selflessness. According to the Bible, good means selfless. Can I say that again? According to God's word, good 
means selfless. Say with me, good means selfless. Exactly. And what makes a good parent their selflessness? What makes a friend good? How selfless they are. It's like, what do friends say sometimes? Why are you so good to me? Why do you go above and beyond for someone like me? You know what I mean? We get all dramatic and mom, dad, honey, babe, who am I that you're so good to me? What are we saying? We're saying, who am I that you are selfless? Does that make sense? Now, can you open your Bibles to Luke? I want to show you guys. Uh, there's something really important that I want to share with you. There's only two ways to live life. There's only two ways. There's only two ways to live life. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. It says, then, um, then Jesus said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple or my student must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will actually save it. There's that key word again. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose their very self? Man, that question of Jesus is like one of the most powerful. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words and my teachings, the, the Son of Man, a.k.a. me, will be ashamed of, the, of them when he comes, wow, I don't even know how to read English, comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the Holy Angel. There are only two ways to live life. Either you define what is good or God defines what is good. Only two ways to live life. Either you say, either we say, either our selfishness dis defines what good is or God defines what is good. There's only two ways in life. Only two ways. Either God is the center of your universe or you are the center of your universe. There's only two ways to live life. In your life, who defines what good is? Me or money. Some people, their fear defines what is good for them. For some, their depression defines what is good for them. For some, their paycheck, their bank account defines what is good for them. For some people, their, the sex defines what is good for them. For some, the gender, for some, the race, for some, their boss. You guys see what I'm saying? For some, your favorite celebrity defines what is good for you. There's only two ways. Either you define it or God defines it. And I want to suggest to you that God is the best definer of what good is. He knows what is good for us. You guys, you guys tracking with me? When yourself is surrendered to God, you will have an abundant and good life. But if you hold on to something and you don't surrender it to God, it turns into sand. It dies. Have you guys noticed? I, you know, I feel like there's some of us that we have certain relationships that the reason why they're getting rotten and they're getting nasty is because you're still hanging on to them. Did you know that some relationships have an expiration date? And what happens to food that is expired? 
it tastes not. Kaylee and I, I don't know why we have this bad habit. We leave beans, like, in the pot in the fridge for a very long time. And we wonder, like, what's that smell? <laughs> right, babe? Kaylee and I, we eat a lot of beans. Like, beans are, yeah. But uh, we're immune to their effects. Not playing. But food expires. Relationship, some relationships are like food. They have an expiration date. Some relationships are seasonal and some are for a lifetime. Some of us, we're trying to hold on to relationships and God's like, the reason why it's getting bad, it's because that's supposed to be a temporary relationship, not a lifetime relationship. There's times that we hang on to them because we know what's good for us. I know what's good for me. And then we end up having spoiled beans in our fridge. How many know that once you throw something out that smells nasty in your home, everything all of a sudden is better at home? It's just, wow, I didn't even notice this. Like, it just everything changes when the smell, when the stench gets out. Can I get an amen? And that's how it is. When you define what is good, it smells like spoiled beans. I know that's not crazy deep, right? But it makes sense. But when you allow God to define what is good for you, you have an abundant life. You have a good life. Because you know why God is so amazing? Because he teaches us not to be selfish. He teaches us to be good. When everyone surrenders to your definition of good, they are destroyed. They, 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 your relationships start getting hurt. Because everything revolves around what you define as good. Well, a good friend lends me money when I ask for it. Well, a good friend, a good friend, you know, we start giving these definitions of what is good. And it starts messing with our own relationships. But when we allow God to define what is good in our relationships, everything changes. Marriages are, are better. Friendships are better. Families are better. Parenting is better. Because God shows us what is truly good. The best and the most good relationships are when no one is selfish. The best marriages are not when the female surrenders to the husband or when only the husband uh, surrenders to the female. No. When the wife and the husband are both being selfless. That is where true love grows. I feel I, I, every, almost every issue in life has to do with selfishness. Almost everything. Almost everything you notice. Corruption is selfishness. Imagine if our government leaders, imagine if all the people we admire were all selfless. Where would our world be? Where would our city be? Because there's only two ways. Either we define what good is or God defines what is good. I want to start landing this, this, this jet, this message. And I want to tell you a secret about goodness. I'm actually excited for it. Some of you are going to love this. Is that goodness also means that it could get rough. In other words, goodness can get rough sometimes. Those rough people, those 
those rough people here like that. You like that rough love, that tough love, you know? Some of you are like, we're in the movie of Mad Max, you know? It's just that toughness, you know? Goodness can get rough sometimes. You can see the rough side of goodness or selflessness when you see a, 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 the, the, the child being, I, have, I wrote it better on my notes, when you see a mother or father willing to fight anyone to protect their child. The moms were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw you guys, you guys kind of even got a little rough with me. I was like, dang, kind of intimidated me a little bit. <laughs> and no one intimidates me, not playing. But, but you can see goodness in the boldness and the fearlessness of a father or a mother that wants to protect their child. I know, I know one day we'll, we'll, we'll literally feel it, but I know there's this sense of motherhood or fatherhood that you're literally like, I'm willing, like in a, it's not even a split second of a decision. I'm willing to give my life for my child, like, like it or not, like whatever. I don't know. It's just part of my instinct. Like, I'll just do it. Like, that is selflessness at its beauty. It's one of the most beautiful versions of goodness. Is seeing the selflessness of a, ma- of a mother or of a father being willing to fight for the, for the protection of their children. That's an example of how goodness could get rough. One scholar said, goodness, uh, you guys are going to like this one. Goodness might and could rebuke and discipline. When you, like, discipline somebody, when you call someone out, that's also a sign of selflessness. Those of you that are like masters in calling people out, I know some of you are here. Some of you are really rough. And much of that is your good heart. Much of that is your selflessness. I'm not going to say all of it, but just make sure that, that that boldness, that roughness, make sure it comes out of being selfless. Uh, someone once said, Jesus showed goodness when he whooped all the corrupt leaders in the temple. That word, that, that, some say that word goodness describes Jesus whipping all the corrupt leaders in the temple. That is goodness. Imagine that. That's rough. Some of you have jobs that you have to be rough, but because you do it out of selflessness. You guys following me? So goodness isn't this like, oh, you know, no, it's okay. I'm just going to, you know, it's fine. No, no. My son's just being bullied at home, you know, at school. Uh, it's okay. I don't, I don't, I'm going to be good. No. According to God's word, goodness gets rough, gets angry sometimes. Because you're seeing injustice, because you're seeing hurt, because you're seeing pain. Goodness gets angry when you see evil. Goodness gets rough. I want to ask you, what do you, see, what do you, what do you feel when you see uh, injustice, when you see corruption, when you see hurt, when you see pain, when you see someone uh, innocent being hurt? What do, you, what do you feel? What do you feel? That says a lot about who you are. Someone, uh, can we put the quote on the screen? Someone, one of my favorite writers He said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. It's like, ooh. (laughs) Not to speak is to speak. 
Not to act is to act. Goodness doesn't mean being a doormat. Goodness doesn't mean being quiet and smiling all the time. Goodness means I'm going to be selfless and I'm going to make sure that people are treated well. Goodness means I'm willing to get rough for someone else. And that is goodness. Goodness, I close and I say, goodness is not this softness of like, you know, yeah, just be nice to people, you know, just be, just be cool with people. Just be cool to them, you know. No, goodness means selflessness. Goodness means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check you if you are hurting someone else. That's why Kaylee and I, as, as, as pastors and with our team, we commend. There's some of you here that you check people when they're hurting others. And if we could tell you something, keep doing it. As long as you do it with love, but do it. <laughs> because here, we want to be good the way God defines it. And the way God defines it is goodness is selflessness. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. We hope this message comforted and challenged you. RLA is a biblical grassroots church located in South Los Angeles. We are a community who is here to help restore the hurting, anxious, and those discouraged by religion. From our pastors and team, we hope you tune in again for our next episode.